Standing for Justice Podcast, Unified Black Caucus, live tonight from the UBC Home Office in the Boogie Down Brock. We have to come live, we will explain why. If you've been watching the news, you know why we have to come live tonight. A lot of angry black folk out there, a lot of angry, humane people out there in protest. So you're live at Unified Black Office, Standing for Justice Podcast. We are live tonight from the UBC home office in the boogie down Bronx, New York City. With the host, the king, Comrade Don. Tonight, the Unified Black Caucus, standing for Justice Podcast, we're live in the UBC home studio, Bronx, New York. I think it's rather fitting that we play that song tonight. You're live with the King, Comrade Don, standing for Justice Podcast, late night, early Tuesday morning. King getting it in. News, music, updates, commentary. A little Bob Marley there for you. And uh, Standing for Justice podcast and Unified Black Caucus. We are live tonight at the UBC home office because we have to be. All of you are noticeable of the news uh, today and yesterday. First off, we have the uh, trial uh, of the officer that murdered uh, George Floyd taking place in the same state, Minneapolis, where this brother was murdered yesterday. And so while that trial is going on with Chauvin for killing George Floyd, we have another unarmed black brother murdered for the world to see on body cams, which the police have released, and where we hear the officer saying, I shot him. She didn't say I mistakenly shot him. 
She didn't say, I mistakenly grabbed, thought I had to tase her. She just clearly says, I shot him. And if you notice after she made that statement, the officers did not give chase. And the body cam clearly shows they did not give chase because they were aware that she had shot him and that he would eventually run out of steam, crash, be what he did, and expire. And the smirks on the officer's face when this happened is disgusting and deplorable. Uh, black America uh, is at a most endangering time in our lives today in America. And we have been since the onset of slavery in this country, in this nation. But I first want to start off the show tonight with something that uh, I don't know if many of you caught it, but I'm going to give you the details about it. There was an incident in Windsor, Virginia, and it was a active army lieutenant, black active army lieutenant, uh, who was pulled over by police and he uh, went to a gas station, uh, some convenience store in a well-lit area. Uh, so that he could have witnesses and so that he could be clearly seen as not a threat to the police. And he's active duty, a lieutenant to, uh, to be exact. And this lieutenant it was in uniform and he clearly explained to the police, why are you stopping me? What did I do wrong? And he was pepper sprayed. We have learned tonight that that officer that is seen pepper spraying, that active military personnel in uniform in that body cam footage has been fired and we're glad that he has been fired and we hope he is not allowed to join any other police force anywhere in the world to actively uh, spray pepper spray a nonviolent active lieutenant in the US military who is telling you that he is active and he's in uniform and that he's just trying to go home. And you are guns trained on him. His arms are actually in his hands out the window. And that was the order that he obeyed. He has now filed a multi-million dollar lawsuit against that police department and rightly so. Because his arms are clearly out the window where he was told to put them. So how then can he open a door and exit the vehicle when you told him to put his arms out the vehicle? These are the games and the tactics that the police play in order to justify murdering innocent black people. Uh, that army lieutenant was uh, conscious enough and with a forethought, reasonable forethought, he went to a well-lit area and so that it could be clearly seen what was taking place. And what we saw was so deplorable that the police brass in Windsor, Virginia, fired that officer immediately, stripped him of his badge and gun, and placed him on the unemployment line where he should be. He should not be in a uniform anywhere in America. He should never have passed a psychological test. And so that's the case that I was following and UBC was following. We're glad of its rightful conclusion that that officer that pepper sprayed that active black lieutenant in the U.S. military has been fired in Windsor, Virginia. And as I said, we have the trial of George Floyd going on right down the street, literally from where this brother was killed yesterday, this King Brother Wright was murdered yesterday, 20 years old, 
unarmed, as always is the case in these police killings of unarmed black women, children, and men. And they continuously get away unscathed without justice uh, touching them. You know, people are protesting all over. I've been uh, in active uh, protest venues today all over New York. And they're all over the United States concerned to kill a brother yesterday in Minneapolis. And it's very sad indeed that we have to continuously keep protesting. You know, uh, non-lethal weaponry is very seldom used against the apprehension and the stopping and the detainment of any black or brown person in America. And we have proof of that by the body count, the unjust murders of our people by overzealous police and trigger-happy racist police. And though some of them are of the same skin tone that we are, the majority of those that are killed innocently and unarmed, black and brown, are murdered by mostly uh, white, racist, Caucasian police. It just is what it is. And so we are addressing these issues tonight. So there are protests all over the United States tonight. Minneapolis has declared a state of emergency and has enacted a curfew uh, to the dismayment of people in that uh, city. But they have rightly and justifiably disregarded that curfew and are now currently surrounding the Minneapolis uh, Police Department with officers, uh, the female officer that murdered this brother yesterday. Works out of, we have a black mayor of that city actually who came on in a press conference earlier and stated that an officer has been relieved of duty and no longer works for the police department. But we have the news forecast our broadcast tonight that the officer is placed on inactive duty so we don't know how uh, who's telling the truth but I believe the mayor of every city who is in charge of all police departments in the city that he is the mayor or she is the mayor in has the duty and the authority vested in them to fire police officers without any arbitration hearings whatsoever in cases such as this there is no way that an officer or even a civilian once they know what a taser gun is can confuse a taser with a firearm you could clearly see that she has a firearm and you can clearly see when she pulls the trigger on the firearm to kill this brother king wright yesterday it is a nine millimeter pistol firearm you can't mistake it for tasers tasers are not made like that and tasers and firearms on officers are kept on different parts of the body. And so if your firearm is on the right, then your taser will be on the left. If your firearm is on the left, then your taser will be on the right. And you will have to cross over to unharness the taser, which is different in color, size, and bulkiness. And in no way is shaped like the firearm that she murdered. Uh, this brother King Wright with. So the police uh, in that uh, city, Minneapolis, are trying to say that uh, the officer was distressed immediately after she shot him, but she can clearly be heard saying that I shot him. 
She didn't say I mistakenly shot him. She didn't say I thought I had my taser. And you know this tape the first uh, time this has happened. It happened in the case uh, down south, I believe, and I'm going to research it. I didn't have time to look it up tonight, where an officer uh, actually murdered a brother on the sidewalk. And he was an officer that was an honorary officer, actually, that was going around on details. It wasn't in the south, it was out west somewhere. I'm mistaken, it was out west. And I think he was in his 70s. And because he donated so much money to the police force in, in that city and bought him cars, they made him an honorary cop and let him ride around on patrols with him and, and, and stop and frisk and so forth. And this officer, uh, this honorary officer, a 70 year old man, actually uh, murdered a prone brother who was not resisting. And this officer claimed, uh, this honorary officer claimed that he thought he had his taser. He was eventually arrested, but before he was arrested, he went on vacation and uh, publicly on social media showed that him and his family were on vacation pending the outcome of the district attorney and the state investigations, uh, investigation of uh, his claim that he thought he had to taser when he shot this brother who's prone on his stomach in the back and murdered him. I think it was Oklahoma, and I'm correctly, it was Oklahoma some years ago. But he was eventually brought up on charges of murder and manslaughter. But he wasn't even a police officer. He's just somebody that wanted to be a cop. And because he uh, donated funds and bought the police officer cars and nicks and acts for the station, they made him an honorary cop, and he was in his 70s. And he murdered this prone brother once again on body cam footage. And he wasn't even a cop. And they didn't even arrest him at first until the outcry. And he went on vacation and posted photos of him and his family on vacation after he murdered this brother in Oklahoma some years ago. And so the callous disregard of that man for the uh, innocent brother that he killed, who was not resisting arrest, who was prone on his stomach, handcuffed behind his back, and shot in the back by this honorary cop in Oklahoma, uh, it's just a callous disregard to him and his family that this uh, honorary officer went on vacation and posted the vacation trips of him and his family having a good time right after he murdered this innocent brother in Oklahoma. And so we are fed up. What has no justice, no peace brought us? No peace in America has brought us continuous lynchings by the KKK whippings at the whipping post, the rape and brutal uh, molestation of our black queens, the murder of us, the enslavement of us, the denial of human rights to black and brown people in America, and on and on and on and on for 450 or more years. And we have been peaceful the entire time. As I often post, we are the only people in America that are asked to be nonviolent while we are being violently and illegally attacked by others. Let me be clear about something. The police, and indeed the military, the police, and every other citizen in this nation has no right to commit a crime against anyone regardless of your background, station of life. 
If you are not trying to harm them, they have no right to illegally try to harm you. But we are told to be peaceful while we are being violently attacked. No one can show me any other evidence, documented otherwise, where another people of ethnic background that are being violently attacked are told to remain peaceful, peaceful and do not defend with the rights and divine rights of self-defense. We're tired. You cannot mistake a taser for a firearm. It just simply can't be done. You had the gun out, and she is the only officer that had a gun out drawn. And she is the only officer that fired. Now, incidentally, there was a black officer on the scene who could be clearly seen after the shooting with a pair of handcuffs in his hands. And they claim on the news that they went and tried to render uh, first aid to this uh, young brother who was 20 years old that they murdered. And he had the forethought to call his mother and told him he was just pulled over. And they bring out the fact now that he had a warrant for his arrest for some minor offense. But does that justify killing him? No. And you didn't find out about the warrant until after the fact because now what they're trying to do like they always do when they kill uh, innocent black people is they try to justify any kind of taint or any kind of blemish in your history on your record in the past as justification for them murdering you. This is insane. This is outrageous. And we must deal with it head on. And so we're addressing that tonight on Standing for Justice podcast. We're not really going to have that much music because music is not important tonight. What's important is what's happening to the Black Tribe Nation family in America and that we are an endangered people. Our children are endangered, our women are endangered, and we indeed men, black kings, are endangered in America. Every time you leave your house, if you're black or brown, anywhere in America, there is a 95% chance that you will be murdered by the police or some other races out in America. It's just that uh, simple fact. But we also want to address something else. I got a lot of calls today. And in the past week, and especially on Instagram, I'm having a spat. You can call it that. I don't give it any seriousness from their end with Asian people concerning uh, them being attacked. And some are claiming on Instagram, on the Unified Black Caucus Instagram account page, that uh, blacks are the number one perpetrators of crime against Asians in America. That is blatantly false and wrong. What started this uh, beef with the Asians is that I put a post up that we are boycotting all Asian businesses in America, especially in New York where I'm based. I didn't say we are boycotting Asian people. There is a difference and a distinction which they are disregarding. I said we are boycotting Asian businesses and I've clearly explained in post I've clearly explained on the podcast why the Unified Black Caucus and myself and many others that follow me are boycotting Asian businesses they don't contribute to our community they don't lend to us they don't hire us and they treat us like the worst riffraff when we frequent their stores and in businesses and we are the one 
ones that enable them to make a living. Their entire living is made off our greenbacks, the black and brown communities. And some of these uh, areas have two or three Asian businesses right on the block. And another thing, they would not go to the corner store if it's black or Hispanic and buy anything from that store. All of their supplies are trucked in from Chinatown and other Asian establishments out of the community where they actually have their business. And so we boycotted them. And so they put up a post on Instagram, which I attacked immediately, of Bruce, Bruce Lee. Everybody knows who Bruce Lee is, especially if you're black and you got some age on you. And that Bruce Lee was a staunch fighter against racism in America. Bruce Lee has been dead for so long, I can't even remember. But what is the relevance of citing Bruce Lee today concerning what's happening to black and brown people in America today? What did Bruce Lee do in the Civil Rights Movement? Nothing that I recall from the 60s or so forth. Nothing. And he fought racism if he did. I have no proof that he did. It, wouldn't, it wasn't racism that was practiced against black or brown people. Well, they're brown people. But it was racism, if anything, practiced against him and his ethnic background. Okay? So to cite Bruce Lee as evidence, so I told them that you need a million Bruce Lees. Where are the million Bruce Lees? Where are all the Asians that are crying that they're being attacked? And incidentally, the majority of these attacks against Asians in America are being done by Caucasian people. I think one or two may have been one black and one Hispanic that attacked, but that's the majority of them are by Caucasian people. Why are they not highlighting that fact? And why are they so much in the opera want us now to come and cry and plead and beg that they not be attacked? We don't promote anybody attacking anybody. And we don't promote uh, Asians being attacked. But I'm not going out in the street uh, telling anybody not to do anything. That's not my job. What I'm concerned about, and I told them clearly on Instagram, and they've uh, we've been going to war on Instagram for over a week now concerning uh, me calling for a boycott of all Asian businesses, is that where were all these Asian people and their outrage when we clearly seen what happened to the black Africans and other blacks in China during the onset of COVID? Their businesses were shuttered. They were evicted from their homes. They were beat upon in the street by civilians and police in China. And nobody did nothing. Nobody said nothing. Mainstream media in America said nothing. The Asian politicians and the Asian community who are not crying as victims said nothing. It was to the point of abuse during COVID-19 in China that blacks were abused and murdered so much in China that African presidents from different nations sent planes over and airlifted the black sisters, their children, and black kings out of China to get them away from that abuse. I just posted a few weeks ago a picture of a whole complete black African strip, business strip over in China that is still shuttered. All stores are padlocked by the military and Chinese police, all because they blamed black people for COVID-19. Everybody knows where COVID-19 came from, and the person incidentally that is responsible for that strain of COVID-19 actually now 
works for the United States government via the CIA. But blacks were attacked. We are always blamed for all kinds of sicknesses and diseases and viruses and germs and so forth that befall America. Uh, AIDS, the green monkey and that nonsense from Haiti and so forth. And they have always made us the targets for whatever has went wrong in this nation. I don't recall any of our ancestors asking any European to bring them to these shores and enslave them. You are reaping what you sow. Caucasian people in America should be proud, should be happy, and should be praying every day that black people in America, the descendants of slaves, our ancestors, are not seeking retribution and revenge for what has happened and what is continuing to happen to our people in America. I've always said and posted there are no good cops. I don't know of any. Because the good, so-called good cops will not check and balance the corrupt cops. Uh, they falsify documents for them. They cover up crimes. They take the stand and perjure themselves for the corrupt police. So how can there be a good cop? When they violate their oath of office and violate their duty to uphold the laws and the constitution of that state and city where their police officers, how then can there be good cops? I don't care if they're in your family and you're black. They are not on the side of right. They're on the side of the gang clique, which is the police. The biggest gangs in America are the police forces all over America. And they use that badge and they use that gun to overexert authority and power which is not vested in them and to commit crimes beyond the pale that they continue, 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 continue to get away with. And you have their unions. Some of the most powerful unions in America are the police force unions who have merged with correction officers all across the nation and have powerful unions. And some of these superintendents and wardens at prisons can't even fire corrections officers. They have to go through what you call arbitration hearings. The same way with a lot of police that in these same unions merge with corrections officers. They, they just can't fire them. They can lock them out of the jail and investigation, but they just can't outright fire them without an arbitration hearing. And nine times out of ten, the corrections officer or the police officer is not fired. He's taken off the street for a while, put on desk duty with your taxpayers' dollars after he done committed a crime. But you can't commit the same crime or any crime and not be punished for it. It's just a disgrace. Black people are fed up. The youth today, the youth movement is out in the street, full force. They're out there now. They're in Brooklyn. They're in Manhattan. They're in the Bronx. They're in Queens. They're in Staten Island. And they're protesting. And not only that, they're in Minneapolis. They're in Oklahoma, they're in Denver, they're in California, they're in Virginia. They're all over protesting concerning the injustices continuously of crimes of inhumanity to man against the black tribe nation in America. How much can the people take? And so people are complaining, well, they're looting and this and that. Let me explain something to you clearly. The businesses that they're looting does nothing for the community. And the businesses that are being looted are not from the community. They export the community. So it's not their community. 
they're there paying rent or leasing or so forth and being oppressed even in that so i'm not concerned that they looted this store or broke the windows in that store because those businesses in those black communities do not contribute one penny to the black community and they should have been gone long ago just the way it is and so every week and you don't even have to watch the news social media will show you every day and you got these gentlemen all over the world mainly in the u.s they go around and what they do they cop watch a lot of them are white and they talk to the police in a deplorable straight out disrespectful manner exercising their first amendment right and they repeatedly repeatedly every day on social media you can go to it on your timeline and hit the button where the little tv bitches at and see cop watch all over where cops are being recorded continuously abusing and violating the rights of black and brown women, black children, and black men. Even though they know and they are being recorded, they still continue to do this. How much then does America want us to take? Joe Biden made a statement from the Oval Office tonight, and he says that uh, black people are fed up. Uh, basically saying enough is enough and it's wrong what happened and it's wrong what's happening to the black people but he's saying uh, it's not right to be violent and to be looting uh, so I guess Joe Biden is saying it's alright for the police to continue to brutalize us and kill us even though we are unarmed and non-violent at the time this is happening to us why isn't Joe Biden calling for the police to be non-violent why isn't Joe Biden calling for the police to stop murdering us, brutalizing us, mass incarcerating us, incidentally, which he's responsible for with the 1995 Armors Crime Bill, which he wrote and which Bernie Sanders signed yes on and Hillary Clinton okayed it and Bill Clinton signed it into law and mass incarceration of black people in urban America exploded. Joe Biden is the father of that bill. He wrote it. Bernie Sanders signed yes on it and has been apologizing ever since. And uh, a lot of black people that voted for Joe Biden are willing to excuse him for his uh, past racism. To me, he's still a racist. He hasn't changed his stripes because zebras can't change their stripes. But they have willing to give him a chance and forgive him, but they won't forgive other people. Hmm. Let's see. Donald Trump, who is a Republican, and I'm no fan of Donald Trump. I can't stand Donald Trump. And to me, Donald Trump is a latent racist. But I don't recall Donald Trump giving any money to any state governments to build prisons. I don't see him promoting mass incarceration when he was in office. You know why? Because Donald Trump, though a racist he is and a dirtbag that he is, is a businessman. And he don't want to give you money. He wants to take your money. So he didn't give the states any money to build any prisons anywhere. Now, transplant to when Bill Clinton was the president, who all the majority of black people love and worship and basically die for and pray to Bill Clinton. And uh, Joe Biden, when he was in the Senate, look at the billions they gave to the states in America based on the fact that we will give you this money
if you build more prisons, strengthen your penal laws, and send mad, mad, massive black and brown people from urban cities across America to fill these prison cells. The purpose of that is the prison slave industrial complex. And that's exactly what Joe Biden, Bill Clinton, Hillary Clinton, and Bernie Sanders signed yes on did. And it's because of that that the effects of mass incarceration are still being felt across urban America. It is rare indeed anywhere in urban America where black and brown people congregate and live to find any black family. There are some, but it's rare that you will find any black or brown family that has not or does not have someone incarcerated right now in some prison or jail in America. That is a fact. Joe Biden is responsible for it. Bill Clinton is responsible for it. Hillary Clinton is responsible for it. Bernie Sanders is responsible for it. And everybody else that voted on that 1995 Omnibus Crime Bill that Joe Biden wrote and Bill Clinton signed into law in 1995 are responsible for the mass incarceration explosion of black and brown in urban America. These Some men are rotting away, and women, in these prisons for life under the three strikes law. It don't matter that they stole a pizza, uh, shoplifted a candy bar, to be incarcerated for life without parole because you stole a candy bar and then you have two previous thefts on your record. So that's three strikes. In New York, they call it habitual criminal, persistent. And if you have two felonies of the same crime, it's called a predicate. But it all equals three strikes, your ass is out. And that only applies to black and brown people in America, nobody else. And so black people are fed up, we are fed up. It must come to a conclusion and must be halted the treatment of black people in America. You have the Congressional Black Caucus in the United States Congress and you have the Senate and the Congressmen, the Congresswomen, Senator Men and Senator Women on the federal level. And they have not called for a revamping of the United States Constitution. The United States Constitution should be null and void and rewritten because it is a racist document penned and birthed by racist men who didn't even include black people as humans nor as citizens, nor did they include the natives as citizens. And indeed, they labeled the black slaves and the so-called freed slaves as three-fifths of a human. It's called dead letter law now in the Constitution because the 13th Amendment came about and allegedly abolished slavery with the Emancipation Proclamation. Then you have the misnomer of Juneteenth. You have blacks all over America celebrating Juneteenth. I don't celebrate Juneteenth because Juneteenth have nothing to do with me. If you're an educated person of history in America, Juneteenth only represents those slaves that were taken to Texas 
And two years later, after the Emancipation Proclamation, they found out that Abraham Lincoln had issued the Emancipation Proclamation freeing them two years previously. That was Texas. Nowhere else. That's what Juneteenth represents. Why then are we representing Juneteenth? And we shouldn't represent the Emancipation uh, celebrate the Emancipation Proclamation. I don't celebrate it because we have never been free. And Abraham Lincoln made it clear that the Emancipation Proclamation was a political move, not a moral compass move. And he said that if he had the money, he would send every black slave back to Africa. But he didn't have the money to do so. And so to save the nation, to get the North and the South to merge and be as one union, he did the Emancipation Proclamation to free those that were enslaved in the South, not the North, the Confederate States of the South. And so it was political. It wasn't on moral grounds or humane grounds. And so we have never been freed. And then they came up with what you call the Black Codes after the so-called Emancipation Proclamation. The Black Codes were simply this. After the Emancipation Proclamation, they made it a crime for every act, even a look, even a stare that a freed, allegedly freed black person did was a, a crime. Reckless eyeballing. You know, when I went to prison, they had that uh, rule still in the book, reckless eyeballing. What is reckless eyeballing? You just look at an officer, he said you reckless eyeballing. That was, you would get penalized in prison and sent to the hole for that. That stems from... Uh, Back in the days when the black man was told he couldn't look the white man in the eye. Indeed, when you come upon a white man, he have to look down at the ground and move aside and see the sidewalk or the street to the white person. That's where the reckless eyeballing come. And they had that in the 80s, actually, when I entered prison in New York State. That rule was still on the book, and you wouldn't punish for it if you looked the officer in his face. Well, I punished for it a lot because I looked each and every one of them devils in their face and took the ticket and the punishment of being confined to the cell for 23 hours a day. You're not gonna take that from me, and I didn't allow them to take that from me. And so every crime, everything that a black person did after so-called Emancipation Proclamation was made into a crime. And then you had vigilantes and so-called bounty hunters. This is where the bounty hunters come from, where they went around and searching for those slaves that were freed, allegedly freed, and escaped to other parts, but it was still claimed as property of their former slave master or current slave master. And these uh, vigilante squads would go around and round them up and hence the Underground Railroad to get them the freedom uh, prior to the Emancipation Proclamation and even after. And they would go around and uh, find these, uh, what they call them, runaway slaves and return them to the, uh, the U.S. Supreme Court said rightful owner. And the U.S. Supreme Court uh, was complicit in that, and they ruled that a uh, black man has no rights, which a white man must respect, and that he is chattel property of his slave master. And the law was on the side of the slave master. That's your property. You got a right to send people out, bounty hunters and so forth, to retrieve them and bring your property back. Like you would go out and find your lost dog, uh, retrieve your lost cow, somebody stole your pig off your farmer cow. Uh, you were allowed to go out and round them up and, and, and prosecute the person that had it. 
your possession. And so we were treated and labeled as chattel property. No different than the cow in the barnyard and the chicken and the rooster and the pig out back. And they still see us to this day. The U.S. Supreme Court has never overturned Dred Scott v. Sanford, where it said that the black man has no rights for which a white man must respect and that we are property, shadow property of our slave master. That case has never been overturned. It was only abrogated by the 13th Amendment and the Emancipation and Proclamation. And so the Constitution itself, every black that's in the Congress, the United States Congress, especially you, you, uh, Congressional Black Caucus, uh, should be calling for a complete abolishment, repealment of the United States Constitution. It's a racist document. The intent of those racist founding fathers died with them. And no amendment you can add to that will change the intent of their racism because it died with them. And this is why the police treat us the way they do. Because the Constitution, as constituted, allows them to do just that. You're live with the Unified Black Caucus and Standing for Justice podcast in our New York City Bronx office tonight, addressing the continuous patterns of police murder and brutality of black and brown people across America. And justice for us is sleep and in a coma. It just is. How much are we going to continue to take before we stand our ground? As I always post, if you are black or brown in America and you are legally able to purchase and own a firearm and you can legally get a carrier's permit, I encourage you to buy two firearms with ample ammunition. Get your permit to carry and keep it on you locked and loaded at all times. I further encourage you to stand your ground. You have a right to preserve your life, your family's life, and your property. No one can take that right against you or from you because it don't stem from man. It stems from your divine creator. Stand your ground. Do not let anyone commit an illegal crime upon you, your family, or your property. You have that right. Don't let them take that right from you. Stand your ground. Go out and legally purchase two firearms with ample ammunition and then go and get you a carrier's permit. A lot of states have open carry. You don't even need the permit. You just open carry. As long as they're seen out in the car, on your hip, open carry many states have that and if you're black and brown in those states open and carry your firearm legally and stand your ground don't let anyone encroach upon you illegally stand your ground there are a lot of forces and elements in america that want a race war and they are prepared for it many uh, caucasian people out west and midwest have built bunkers and stockpiled them with food and ammunition and so forth for a doomsday race war. This is what they want. And they want to wipe us off the planet, face of the planet Earth. And they're doing everything in their power, doing all, as I always say, that 
the majority of uh, police that are racist now have found a way to join police forces all across America and to practice their racism and the murder of us unjustly with the police badge and gun. And all the black and brown people that are on police forces all across America know this is exactly what is going on and they are doing nothing to stop it. They won't even speak out about it. They change clothes in the locker room with these same racist cops and they know that the cops have clicks and their clicks go out to harass, intimidate, brutalize, and murder black people on a daily and nightly basis. And these black and brown officers in these police departments are traitors, sellouts, Uncle Tom, snakes, cowards, and just scum to allow this to happen to their people. And they have a nerve to go home and lay down with their black wife and their children upstairs or in their room or whatever they're doing like nothing happened while they just witnessed a lynching, a modern day lynching of a black sister, a black child, or a black brother. Because the police department is a gang, it's a clique. They might not even like each other personally, but it's loyalty to the badge and uniform. Not the person in it. They're loyalty to the badge. And they're no different than a low-level street gang. The only difference is they have the law and the power and the ammunition and the arms on their side. And they are allowed repeatedly to get away with crimes against black and brown people in America. They kill our women at record paces. They brutalize them at record paces. They kill our children playing in parks with toy guns, pink toy guns, green toy guns, clearly know that these are toy guns and these are children playing in park. Tamir Rice in Ohio. And we can keep on naming a whole bunch of them. They just shot a one-year-old not too long ago, the police in the head, in another state, killing our babies so that they cannot grow up to be kings. Killing our black women, our black queens, so they cannot continue to produce black warriors and black kings. It's a war enacted against the black tribe nation and it is not new it is not just happening it is their plan and their scheme and design and it's been going on for a long time we must be battle ready battle dressed and legally stand our ground we've had enough and I for an I it is that time you have a right to not be encroached upon illegally by the police. They have no right to commit a crime against you. They have no right to brutalize you. They have no right to stop you on a pretentious stop just to harass you and hope that you do something to justify them killing you. You don't have to do nothing. Walk while black. Drive while black. Swim while black. Jog while black. Shop while black. Play basketball while black. Play any sport while black. Sing a rap song while black. That's all it takes in America for you to be the target of police. It takes that and being black. And you are a target by all police in the United States. Make no mistake. 
It is a grace and mercy and blessing that if you're black or brown and you leave home every day and you're able to return home at the conclusion of what you did while you was gone away from home, you are blessed. You have been blessed that day to live and see another day, to return home from wherever you ventured out to go, whether it's work, shopping, pay bills, or so forth, hospital appointments, or whatever, and you are allowed to return home. You have been blessed because you are a walking target. Police all over America target practice using black targets at the firing range, at the academy, where they have these maneuvers. And if you notice, and it's been exposed by the media and others, that they use black subjects, faces, profiles, as the so-called villains while they're target practicing are running these maneuvers at alleged, uh, supposedly made-up crime scenes. Uh, when they're kicking in doors and so forth, the targets that come up are black-faced, uh, black profiles, uh, black men profiled in hoodies and so forth. And the officer goes in and shooting away. Where's the outrage for that? Why isn't the government screaming about that on the federal, state, city, county, and local levels? It's not a game. We are an endangered species. And they're trying in all their power to end us. Protests. Be active. Get involved. And stand brown. As I always close out, never surrender a positive existence to a negative vibe we are in dire straits and we are an endangered people he lied with the king comrade don standing for justice podcast and bob marley and the wellers will take us out tonight we thank you for tuning in to unify black caucus and standing for justice podcast as we're live here tonight in the Bronx office of the podcast. And I want to see if we can get Bob Marley and the Wellens to take us out here.